Welcome to this week from the principal's desk, where we look at the role of the Lutheran school administrator. My name is Rob Lunak, and I am the principal at Mount Calvary Lutheran School in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and my co-host is Mike Scheman. Hey, my name is Mike Scheman. I'm the principal at Bethany Lutheran School just outside of Cleveland, Ohio, and it's a joy to spend some time with you this week. Today, we actually have a really fun episode planned for everybody. We are coming to you sort of live, I guess, from LEA, and we will be talking about teacher self-care. This is really a great topic, especially in light of the fact that here we are. We've taken some time to hopefully learn more about our our craft, as you will, but then also to enjoy some time here in Milwaukee. So uh, greetings to everybody. If you're not in Milwaukee, we miss you. And if you're here, it's great to see you. Now, one of the great things about LEA is that they do recognize that it is important to take some time to recharge. So it's a jam-packed conference, but like tonight, there is an open block right after a reception at 5 o'clock where people can relax and unwind and just kind of get back together with their staff, and that's always a great opportunity. Yeah, it really is. And I think one of the things I've noticed is how thrilled people are to be back together. And there's really something to be said about being in one another's presence face to face, even sitting here with you doing a live kind of live um, broadcast here. This is a lot of fun Um, because one of the things that's been talked about here at the conference, too, is it's nice to be back because we can be in one another's presence, but this is also a time to take care of ourselves. Maybe it's a nice time for a break from the work that we're doing in our schools because it can get exhausting. Yeah, yes, it can. The ministry of teaching is difficult. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody listening. Teaching is a hard calling, right? But we also have a model for working with things that are difficult. We have this great model that God has set out for us, right? So there are lots of stories in the Bible of people taking care of their physical needs so they can better take care of the people around them. I I think back to the story of Jesus and the disciples during the storm. Jesus is clearly taking care of the disciples, but he's also taking a nap. He's taking care of one of his physical needs so he can better serve the people around him. And we see this time and time again in the Bible, whether that's Jesus feeding the disciples or feeding the people they're, they're teaching or even... Oh, what was it? Uh, which was it, Elijah or Elisha, where God said, lay down, take a nap, eat some food, take a nap again, and then we'll get back to the important work that you're doing. That's right. Absolutely. Because not only do we have a great model where Jesus takes care of himself, but he invites us to come to him so that he can take care of us too. Uh, it, it brings Matthew 11 into, into my mind where he says, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I think rest is really a, an important part of being part of, of uh, God's calling to teach our, our kids. Um, our school ministry is a ministry of care. It's a ministry of care to the students and to the families, but sometimes we overlook it's also a ministry of care to the staff and to those who serve. So God invites us to come to him and he will give us rest because we need that rest to be effective in our calling. Yeah, we can't do our job to the best of our ability if we are not at our best. Absolutely. And we as Lutherans, we have a hard time taking that time because it feels selfish. We feel like, oh, I can't worry about me. I need to worry about other people. But to most effectively serve those people, sometimes we do need to take that step back. That's right. And I think it's both a physical and a mental thing because sometimes we can take that step back and say, I'm going to take some rest, but what enters your head is, yes, but I need to do my lesson plans and I need to grade and I've got this parent conversation coming up and I've got all of these things. And so if I take time to rest now, it's only going to compound my work later. Um, And I know I I think that's, that's a trap I fall into a lot, 
But I also realize if I take that time to rest, I'm more effective when it comes to those things later on. Yeah, and you don't want to fall into this this pattern where you keep putting the work you're doing above the other work that God has given you. Because God doesn't call us to just be teachers. He calls us to be husbands, wives, children, family members, friends. And there's nothing worse than taking one specific slice of our calling and doing that to the detriment of those other pieces. Absolutely. And, and we're called to some of those vocations ahead of the vocation of Lutheran school ministry. And so taking care of our family, taking care of ourselves is going to enable those things. And I've also seen it where when people don't take care of those things, it can actually build up resentment toward the Lutheran school ministry. And, and you don't, certainly don't want that either. So it's, it's really a balance. It's hard to achieve, and it's different for every single person. But thinking about it and considering how this impacts you and your ministry and your relationships is vital. And I think as a principal, it is part of your role there to figure out how to best support the people you serve with and ask them those questions. How will this best help you? What can I do to best support you in the work you are doing and in the work of supporting yourself? Because everyone's going to do that a little differently. I would very frequently go around the building at 5, 5.30, whenever I was leaving for that day, sometimes a little earlier, sometimes much later. And if there was anybody there, I would check in on them, and I would a lot of the time tell them, hey, you should go home, mm-hmm. which to me always felt like self-care, and it's something I still do a lot of the time, you know, well, not self-care, worrying about the people I'm with. And a teacher brought up something to me. She said, you know, sometimes that's really upsetting to some of us. And I'd ask, well, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you keep telling us to go home, and some of us, This is where we want to be, and sometimes we have families to go home to, and some of us don't. Mm. And so if you don't take the time to learn those circumstances for everybody, you can't really help them or be able to care for them or help them care for themselves until you learn exactly what they need. That's right. Yeah, I think caring for somebody really is being present with them. Like you said, um, sometimes I, I fall into the trap of, I am going to solve this for you, and I have a great idea, and you're going to love it, and they don't at all. So getting to know people and to know what makes them tick, in some cases, it might even be that the school is a safe place for them where that is how they're taking care of themselves is by maybe removing themselves from their family in a moment. And we might not know that. So I think asking them, what do you need? But but constantly being present is going to build the relationships that will allow you to better care for those um, with whom you serve. Yeah, I have a couple questions I will ask teachers very frequently. One of them is, what do you need? Mm -hmm. Like you asked. But then I also ask, how are you doing? And then I also ask, how are we doing? Is there anything I could be doing better? Is there anything in that relationship that maybe we're struggling with? Because as principal, I might not notice. I might do something that's bothered somebody, and I will never hear about it unless I ask about it. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever done that, Mike. I know I've done that. And so just that that little check-in, how are you, you know, do you need anything? How are you doing? How are we doing? And then that kind of taking the temperature of your building, and do that really as often as you can because that's helpful to know. That's a great suggestion. I love the way you phrase that. How are we doing? And and like you said, asking it frequently, the first time that might be asked, you might not get a genuine answer or it might not even come out because relationships take time. Mm-hmm. And, and as an administrator, building those relationships with the staff, it, it'll come. It'll take that time. But if they know that your underlying motive is just simply to care for them, it, it creates a whole different realm, a whole, a whole different feeling in the school. Yeah. And th- this self-care topic can be kind of nebulous and very wide ranging. And some of that also breaks down, I think, by generation, right? The 
the old school Lutheran teachers of the day were like, self-care, what's that? What's a personal day? I'm not going to take a personal day. I'm just going to be here for the 40 years until I retire every day. That's just what I'm going to do. And I'm going to go to every event and I'm going to be teaching at Sunday school. And that is maybe less and less common now than maybe it used to be. And so how do we take these things and make it into practical steps that teachers can follow, right? We've talked a little bit about checking in with people. We've talked a little bit about asking them how they're doing. What are other concrete things that maybe some of the principals can do to better support their staff? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, a couple of things that I know I've, I've tried, they don't all work, but sometimes, sometimes uh, certain <laughs> things work better than others. Um, but I think in, in planning our calendar, as administrators, we know when I think the high stress points are going to be throughout the year. Um, it's typically, you know, around Christmas is, is a high stress point report card writing time. Um, it seems to me that kind of the uh, between Christmas break and spring break, I've always called that the armpit of the school year. It's, <laughs> there's some really tif- difficult times that happen in there, but we know when those stress points are. So if we know that ahead of time, I think we can effectively plan for those things when we're establishing the school calendar, mm-hmm. for example. Um, And then when we consider what are our goals professionally for the staff, um, can we achieve those goals in ways where maybe we're not doing all day professional development on a, on a day off, but maybe we're just bringing the teachers in for, uh, for a couple hours and we're saying, take the rest of the day to yourself. Um, You can do those. But the other thing that has worked really well, I keep reminding my teachers, there are no medals for not taking your personal days. Taking your personal days is so important and you know when you best need to do that. So I encourage them and I keep track of who has taken those days and how many they have left and then let them know, hey, I haven't seen this yet. Would you like to take your your personal day? Mm -hmm. So those are a couple of things right off the hop. Have you got anything that you found to be helpful? One of the the things I heard last year is, oh, I wish I had more time. And so we looked at our calendar and we got a little creative. We looked at our calendar and we said, okay, can we fit in one weekday every month off? where sometimes it's going to be professional development, sometimes it's just going to be off. And in Wisconsin, where I serve, we have a different set of required hours for 7th through 12th graders than we do for 4K through 6th graders. So we took the calendar, and every every third week it ends up being, only 7th and 8th grade comes to school. And so everyone else gets some time, and then for our 7th and 8th graders, because we're departmentalized in the middle school, all the middle school teachers show up that day and there's fewer classes that you'll actually be teaching if you're in the middle school. And then we've built in service opportunities for our middle schoolers as well and some fun activities and some team building stuff. And so it gives us some extra time. It makes the day a little more interesting. And it, it honestly gives us an opportunity to experiment with a lot of that because you as a principal do control your calendar. And I know some people might really want you to always follow what the public school does. Some people might really want you to follow what another Lutheran school does. But you really control that. And so you have to have that conversation with your, with your community, with your parents, with your teachers, and say, what's, what's a good calendar for us? And build in that time off. Because if you're just going to sprint from the first day of school to the last day of school, it will be a long year. Yeah, it will. Right? It will be a long year. And I like what you said that, you know, between... Christmas and Easter is like the armpit of the school year because February somehow is the longest month of the year and I, every year and I don't understand because it's got the fewest days but it is just forever. It really it, does, it sure does feel that way absolutely but I think the other the other piece of this too is that even 
as an administrator, just talking about this in your school is going to let the teachers know that you do care about them. And I think it really sets a tone or a culture of caring for your workers. Mm -hmm. And so as administrators, having these conversations, simply asking the question may even be enough to satisfy a teacher to know that they can come to you. You've opened that door and, you, and you've paved the road to make that happen. Um, the other thing that I've, I've had some success with is to really be effective with the use of outside of school uh, commitments and for example staff meetings um, if there's ways that we can make uh, maximize time efficiency for the teachers it's going to be a huge help to them so um, in, in my school we do calendar a staff meeting every single week but they love it when i can say you know we we can cancel that meeting because i've communicated everything you need to know through email read your email and so uh, using that time effectively, modeling these skills for the teachers is going to uh, encourage them to try to use them themselves. And that, that's such a great thing to be able to do, to say, I value your time, I value you as a professional, and our time together is important. And right now, I think it's important that you have time to work on other things because we've covered what we need to cover, yeah. right? That's such a great idea. Along with kind of canceling a meeting if you don't need one, there are lots of things in a school that we do that sometimes the process takes too long. And I, I don't know why the process is that way. Sometimes it was a process you inherited. Sometimes it's a process that just built up over the years. And every once in a while, ask them what those pain points are and look at maybe taking that away or changing that. I know, so for those of you who don't know, Mike, he was actually presenting here at LEA this morning. And he had mentioned the process for field trips. He said, I, you know, it shouldn't be that difficult. Put a post-it note on my desk saying you want to go on a field trip and we'll figure it out. Which is just kind of an off-handed remark, I think, in that moment. But it was. <laughs> but it could it could work. There's lots of things we do where we feel like we need this long, drawn-out process, and not everything needs to be that way. One of the examples I go back to every once in a while is meeting minutes. Mm -hmm. If we are taking minutes for a meeting, why are we doing it? Because we ever reference them again? Are we doing them because we think that's how good meetings should be run? There are little things like that. Could you just record your meeting on Zoom and then no one needs to take any minutes and then there's the file and hey, you can go back and look if you want to. You totally could. Doesn't really take any extra time from anybody. Just those little things as a school that we do, ask why and then if you can simplify them, simplify them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think one of the other resources that's available to us is uh, there's Grace Place Ministries put out a book called Reclaiming the Joy in Ministry. And I, I know we're actually reading that together as a staff uh, at Bethany, just to go chapter by chapter in realizing that there is joy, and the joy of the Lord is our strength, we read in Nehemiah 8, and to be able to engage in that, and um, there's some open-ended questions, and sometimes we'll, we'll read a chapter, we'll meet as a staff, and it'll be crickets. Nobody will say anything. Uh, and there's other times where we, we get going, and, and we don't get stopped for a long time, but having the conversation again, opening that door, finding resources to give people ideas on how they can be strong in what they do, strong in their relationships so they're, they're an effective servant of Jesus is really important. Yeah, and that, that's actually a great book. So if you haven't read that book, go, go read that book. But having joy in what you do is fuel for those difficult moments. And any way you can help your teachers keep that joy or find that joy, I will ask all my teachers what their favorite school-appropriate beverages, and what their favorite candy is. And if they're having a bad day, I'll just bring them those two items. I'll go out and I'll get them, and I'll show up with at their door, and if somebody loves Mountain Dew and you have a cold Mountain Dew for them in the middle of the day, you've made their day, right? Just little things like that that we can do because I think sometimes teaching can feel a little lonely. 
school can feel a little, little lonely and to know, oh, that person remembered that thing about me and they could see I was having a little bit of a difficult time and then caring for them in that moment is just that, that extra kind of great thing we get to do for them. For sure. And I think, too, one, one way I like to equate this is the teachers do this for the students. They love to get to know the students, to make life easy for the students, to work with the students, and to simply love the students. Well, in one sense, the teachers, as an administrator, the teachers are my students. Mm -hmm. And so it's my job to do that and to fill their buckets so that they can be effective with the people that they love the most and the kids here at the school. But then also to, to really continue to affirm with them that their primary relationship is with Jesus, and he says, come to me, cast your cares on me. He says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. He says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Mm -hmm. He gives us all these promises. So the most effective way to, to self-care is to be in God's word. And so I constantly encourage the teachers to be doing that privately. Um, there's a lot of resources available if people need help with that. How do, you, how do you have devotions? How do you do those things? But we also, we gather together every day um, as a staff, and we do those devotions together because when we're in the Word, uh, we are tied together through the Word. And so um, that's something that really starts our day off right, saying God is with us, and with Him at our side, Philippians 4.13, there's nothing we can't face. Yeah, and that prayer part is so important because almost any other school in the world can do most of this other stuff, right? But the prayer part is something that, as Lutherans, we've built in on purpose. It is, it is our foundational tool when times are tough, right? And if we're not using that, then we're really missing this great opportunity, one, to be in the Word more often, and two, God already knows that that's going to be what's best for us. And so if we, if we ignore that, that's to our own detriment. Right. So let me ask you this, Rob. If there was um, somebody listening who is really feeling stressed, really feeling at the end of the rope, like they need help or they need care— What's, what's uh, maybe the number one thing that you would recommend to that person? The number one thing I would recommend is talking to someone about what's stressing you in that moment because you don't have to go through any of this alone. God made us social, right? And he put people in our lives to help us and he put people in our lives to encourage us. And so I would just, maybe it's a teacher in your building, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member, just be like, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Can, can I just t tell you about it? And just getting it out there, sometimes we solve our own problems by just talking through them with someone else. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I would say that asking for help is the biggest sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. Mm -hmm. So if, if that is, is, is something that you're struggling with, go, go and find a trusted source and, and ask for help. I pray that your administrator is also a trusted source. Um, and, and if not, well, maybe you should ask some other questions. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can get them on side. But um, and for the administrators out there, it's important to know that um, when people come to you, simply be there, be present, mm -hmm. listen to them, let them talk to you, and and pray with them. Um, going going to God together really creates power, creates relationships. So yeah, and the the same holds true for the administrator. You do not have to be the problem solver on your staff. You do not have to be the strongest person on your staff. You do not have to be the smartest person. You don't have to be the best at what you do. You are in a team ministry for a reason. And so if you're struggling with something. Be upfront with your teachers and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. I just want you guys to know I'm maybe not my best right now. Here's why. And they're going to turn around and they're going to say all the same things we've been saying to you. Okay, let's pray about it. Okay, we care for you. How can we help? And every once in a while we get in our, uh, we put our, our kind of Lutheran martyr hats on and we go, no, I have to do this. I have to suffer for this because, you know, this is how it's supposed to be and it's supposed to be difficult and I got to do it all on my own. And I don't want to bother anybody. But that ends up being more harmful than helpful. Yep. 
Well, we read in Scripture, too, God says, My power is made perfect in your weakness. And so I think it's Paul that writes, it says, So I will boast, therefore, all about my weaknesses, so that God's power can, can shine through. So even as you struggle, even as you are weak, God is working in you, and, and his power is sufficient, his grace is sufficient for you. So uh, I encourage you, uh, as, as you face the daily struggles, we, we will have those struggles. God says, he doesn't say it's going to be easy, but he said that he will be faithful. So blessings as you serve. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a, a great place to leave it. So we, we started it with the great example God sets out for us, and we're going to, I think, end it with the great advice that he has for us in these struggles. Why don't we end with a, a prayer for everyone listening? Dear God, thank you for the people that you've placed into this important ministry. Please allow them to continue their work refreshed and focused on you, and allow them to continue to refresh and focus on the people you've placed with them. In your sons and we pray. Amen. Amen.